good morning. It's nice to see you all this morning. Um, it's nice to be here. I'm thankful that we can come together and we can worship the Lord and learn more about him. So I know this isn't kind of the normal place you usually see that me serving, but um, here I am. As you know, I am a teacher, so I speak in front of kids every day, but speaking for an extended period of time in front of kids and adults is not <laughs> really my comfort zone, but um, with God's grace, I can do it, and there's no better place than to be speaking in front of a bunch of lovely people who I love and who I know love and support me, so that's awesome. <laughs> so going to receive that. And thanks for all the prayers and encouragement this week. I just, I, I can tell you I truly felt it. So I didn't feel anxious this week at all about this message that God has given me. So um, I thought I would start with a little bit about myself. Um, for those who don't know me, well, I'm Jen Armstrong, um, and I'm a missionary kid. Um, I was born in Indonesia, and I grew up there for pretty much my entire childhood. I moved to Canada in 1997 after graduating from high school, and I've lived here ever since. Um, I'm married to Chris Armstrong for 17 years, and we have two awesome kids, Thomas and Nora. We moved to Landmark um, in the fall of 2008, and when we walked into LCF, we knew that this was the place for us. Um, therefore, we've been attending LCF for 13 years. I kind of did the math. Um, and this is our church family. You are our church family. I've been leading music at LCF for a while. Um, in fact, I became involved in music and uh, children's ministry fairly soon after we started attending. So maybe around 2010. I did, yeah, I did with Val, and yeah, it was great. Probably when Thomas was a bit older. Um, and then from there, I slowly became more involved, and I'm now leading the music ministry here at LCF, one of the many expressions of worship on a Sunday. And if you would have told me 10 years ago that I would be doing this, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but God has a way of moving and working if we're open to his leading. And through prayer and questions and conversations with people in the Bible, um, I know that God has placed me here for this time and called me and I'll serve him with my whole heart, body, mind, and soul. This is an appointment that I don't take lightly. I lead with fear and trembling, knowing that my ministry is first to the Lord and then to his church. I love his church with my whole heart. And I try to lead us into the presence of the Lord every Sunday with honesty, integrity, truth, boldness, and humility, trusting in the Holy Spirit's leading. And it's a joy to serve. Goodness, kind of like you, Steve. I need some tissue, yeah. Um, so through my journey in leading um, Music is Worship, I've learned so many things and I continue to learn. As I thought and prayed about what I would speak about today, um, way back at the beginning of July, one phrase kept coming to mind, a sacrifice of praise. And the whole concept of worship as sacrifice um, from Romans chapter 12. So that's what I'm speaking on today. Now, I know that we call our, our corporate singing time here, we often call like it worship. Um, however, that's not specifically what I'm speaking on. Singing is one way that we worship, but worship itself is far more significant, and it's actually far more costly. 
So I've called this message, um, here it is, uh, Worship is Sacrifice, Bringing Our Everything to Gain Everything. Um, it's interesting to note, well, for myself, it was neat to see the Holy Spirit's um, speaking um, over the last three weeks with the messages from Dwayne and Steve and just seeing the thread that God has put in all the messages and so um, they're similar in focus and I'm just, I'm, God is speaking and I'm excited to participate with what he's wanting to share with us. So I know that Dwayne um, prayed for me but I'm just going to pray again so let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this time. Jesus, just be with us. You are here. Speak to our hearts. And thank you, Lord, that you hear us and that you are a God that listens um, and a God that speaks and a God that has always wanted to be near to us. So thank you, Lord, in your name. So um, how many of you uh, grew up with the chorus in church singing... Um, we bring sacrifice of praise into the house. Is anybody of the Lord? Anybody? Okay, so a few of you. That dates me. That's okay. <laughs> I don't mind being older. Okay, so uh, this is one that we often sang in church. Um, and I sang it without really knowing what it, um, the words meant, right? I was a kid and you kind of sing it. So um, fast forward to a few years ago. I don't remember exactly who is speaking or um, what, but the person said something that kind of really struck me. It said, when we bring a sacrifice to the Lord, it should be our very best. So, like, we're not bringing leftovers or half of ourselves, but we're bringing everything our best. And um, this was challenging to me. I was convicted um, in a good way. <laughs> How many times... Did I worship the Lord with a grumbling heart on a Sunday or during the week or just kind of wrote, sing the song, like the words to a song um, or hold something back from him, maybe in prayer or just was I bringing my best to him? So this realization and learning around um, um, what this means has kind of changed and, and deepened my worship. And, I, and I'd like to share it with you in hopes that it will draw you closer to Jesus and, and help you deepen your worship as well. So before I go any further, um, I just want to clarify or what worship is. So if you just think in your head, like, what is worship? So you don't have to say, or unless you want, you just think in your head what I think it is. If you, okay. Um, now, um, Richard Foster, in his classic book, um, in his book, The Celebration of Discipline, says, Worship is our response to the overtures of the love from the heart of the Father. So, I'll say that again. Um, worship is our response to the overtures of love from the heart of the Father. And I, I just love that. So, I was thinking of some examples. So, for example, so kids, like when you're, I don't know, outside, maybe you've done some camping this summer or whatever, and you see a beautiful sunset, right? And you're like, wow, what the love of Jesus, you know, the beautiful sunset he's created, and you're drawn to worship. That's, that's worship. Um, you know, parents or grandparents, anybody, when playing with kids and we feel the pleasure of God on us, 
you know, we're drawn to worship. Um, maybe when we're emptying the dishwasher with a bit of a grumbling spirit and are reminded by the Holy Spirit to be thankful for dirty dishes because of the gift of our family and food from the Lord, and we're drawn to thanksgiving and worship. These are just a few examples, and I'm sure you can think of many more. The Westminster Catechism says, what is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 31 writes, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do how much? A bit? No, all to the glory of God. Oh, that was loud, sorry. Um, this is worship. We are made to worship God with our whole selves in everything that we do. Our private lives, our public lives, our family, our work, our play, our talents, our relationships, our habits, our routines, even our quirks. It's all to be for God's glory. And it doesn't just happen on Sunday but all through the hours, days, and weeks, and in good times, and in bad times, and hard times. Of course, who or what we worship is key. People can choose who or what to worship, and the world is full of alternatives. As Christians, we need to ensure then that we are worshiping Jesus. Why? Because he gave and sacrificed everything for us. So it's our only reasonable response. It's our only response that we can give. Uh, these past weeks, I've been working on this message with my parents' help, my mom and my dad, and I love what my dad wrote about worship here. He kind of made his own, and I love it. It says, to sum up, um, bringing in the worship and sacrifice. To sum up, Christian worship as sacrifice means something like in great adoration, thankfulness, and humility, giving ourselves away to Jesus so that he can consume us completely in his love. So... That's what worship is. So now that we kind of know that, I'd like to um, just share four characteristics about worship as sacrifice with you this morning. So the first one, worship as sacrifice. First of all, worship as sacrifice means to draw close. Um, sacrifice is, of course, one of the key, theme, key themes of the entire Bible. Um, and I was curious as to what sacrifice actually kind of meant in the, you know, in the Hebrew or Greek, and I was looking at that. Um, as I looked deeper into the Hebrew meaning of sacrifice, this is what I found. The Hebrew word for sacrifice is karbonot. The word karbonot comes from the root kofreshbet, which means to draw near, and indicates that the primary purpose of offerings is to draw us near to God. Wow, to draw us near. I was, I was so, I was like, wow, when I found that out. You know, sacrifice means to draw near to God. Um, you can't sacrifice without getting up close and personal with God. You can't um, sacrifice from a distance, you know, like through a text or an email. So one of the primary purposes of sacrifice is to draw us near to God. Now, in the Old Testament, only the priests, the priestly class, could draw near to God. Um, we read about that, right? They had robes upon robes and different things. They were the spiritual elite. The regular people, 
um, thousands and thousands, right, were, had to keep away. If they came too close, they'd be killed. There was also an element of fear in it for the priests because in ancient Israel, the high priest had a rope tied around his ankle when he went into the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifices. So they were scared that as he drew near to God, that he too would be consumed, just like the animal sacrifice. So the rope was kind of to pull him out. But, thank goodness, this all changes with Jesus. In the New Testament, God reveals that this whole sacrificial system was for nothing. And there's nothing to fear about getting close to God. Because... We have a high priest who already gave up his life for us so that we can draw close to God. There is one and only sacrifice, Jesus. Then in gratitude, not fear, we sacrifice and we draw near to him. And there is boldness and there is confidence. As Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need and the strangest part is is that he accepts it and he accepts us and he promises in James 4 8 that he will draw near to us um, this past week has had a few challenges for our family Sorry, Thomas developed a, a pretty bad cold on Wednesday, and we decided to have him tested for COVID on Thursday. The results are negative, praise the Lord. However, the waiting was hard, um, as I'm sure many of you have experienced. I knew I was to speak this Sunday. Um, I'm getting ready for school. Thoughts of, you know, isolating for two weeks and how we would manage that filled my mind. Um, and as this was going on, the Holy Spirit just reminded me, what are you speaking on on Sunday? <laughs> um, can you worship me right now? Can you bring your sacrifice of worship? Can you draw near? And it was a beautiful reminder for me to draw near to God and focus my heart on him. Yes, you know, I obviously had moments of stress and worry, but I drew near to God in, in worship and, you know, listening to music, my devotions and praying and I sat on the front steps with Thomas on Thursday evening as he was having like maybe a, a bit of a difficult moment and reminded him of all the good things that the Lord has given us and the beauty around us. And as we did that, he relaxed and we focused our hearts and our minds on the Lord. We drew near to him. So the first thing about worship is <laughs> sacrifice is that it's to draw near, right? It means to draw near to God. And it brings me to my um, second point. Um, as we draw near, we'll find that worship as sacrifice is intimate. It's very personal. Um, so I'd like to give two examples from the Bible here. One from the Old Testament and one from the New Testament. So we're going to read um, in Genesis uh, chapter 22, verses 1 to 6. And I have it up there. I'm reading from the ESV. Um, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. 
So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. And then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come back to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. So in this example, or, you know, there's nothing more personal than your son offering your own son. Um, something, obviously, extremely dear to Abraham and Sarah because he'd waited for years and years, Right? Fulfillment of the Lord's promise, and now God called him to sacrifice Isaac? What? But nothing could be more personal for Abraham than his beloved and only son. But he was willing. Our, um, my next example, we'll come back to that one, is in John, John chapter 12 with Mary. And I'm going to read a bit um, of that with you. This is just after Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and they're having a big dinner party. Lazarus is there, Jesus is there. I'm sure the hype was pretty high. Um, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with a fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with me, but you do not always have me. You, you always have with you, but you do not always have me. This is probably one of my favorite passages in the New Testament, or seeing Jesus and Mary here. And for Mary, her worship was very personal. Um, it was a whole year's worth of wages, her personal property, something she'd worked up for, worked for. Um, and she broke the precious vial and poured the expensive contents onto Jesus' feet. And she wiped Jesus' feet with her hair. I think his feet maybe probably pretty dirty, right? Um, walking on those roads. What could be more intimate and more personal than that? Remember, this was a large gathering of people, but to Mary, there were only two, probably two people in the room, like Jesus and her. Christians are called to offer in, sacri in sacrificial worship the most personal thing, our very bodies. Romans 12. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So, um, this includes our heart, our soul, our mind, our emotions, our dreams, our ambitions, our fears, our hopes, etc. 
to God. He desires to meet us in those places because he is a personal God. He created us. He knows our thoughts. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows when you get up. He knows when you go to sleep. He knows these things. Um, a few months ago, as I was leading, uh, preparing for leading um, worship one Sunday, um, I was feeling overwhelmed and unworthy and lacking, and I was, you know, praying to God about it. Um, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit brought to mind an image of me as a little girl on my porch in Indonesia, on my swing, singing to God. So, don't play it. So there's um, there's a picture. That's me. I think I was about six. That's my brother Brett, um, and that's our house in Taipei, um, Irian. <laughs> anyway, and the Holy Spirit brought this to mind and. I'll be very vulnerable. Yeah, you can play a few. My mom, oh, wait, wait. Oh, my mom, um, sorry, Shana, often recorded us um, just to send back to our families because they weren't with us, so they didn't know what we did. So anyway, my mom recorded. So we're going to listen to a little bit. It's okay. If it works. <laughs> Yeah, it's very long. I sing for a very long time. Okay, so about my wagon and my dogs and my cat. So yeah, um, it's the same tune. My parents always tease me about the tune. Anyway, um, but the point is, is that um, that was something that the Holy Spirit brought to mind and only he would do that, right? Like, he knows you personally, right? So, um, he reminded me that he's made me for worship. So, I've been worshiping Jesus since I was a little girl, through music, singing, and therefore to lead with confidence and freedom and joy. He knows me, and he used this picture to speak intimately about my identity in him. And the same is true for all of us, for all of you, you see, when we worship God, he knows us, and he will speak to each of us individually and personally. I believe this with my whole heart. Your worship to the Lord might look different than someone else's, and that's okay. That's beautiful. He knows you, he made you, and he's after all of you. So this brings me to kind of my third point or characteristic of worship, which is worship as sacrifice is to give our all, our everything to God. It costs us everything. So as we draw close and as we get personal, we get intimate with God, then we give our everything to him. Okay? Um, if we look back again to the Old Testament, the Israelites offered animal sacrifices to God for different purposes sometimes for Thanksgiving or to mark a special place or um, asking for forgiveness. They also had many holy days and rituals and then laws. Um, and they had special places and buildings in which to worship. So in short, worship was kind of the expression of their um, religion, right? But it didn't involve the actual person, him or herself. Worship involved external rites and rituals. 
But if we fast forward to the New Testament again, but Paul writes in Romans 12, 1, which we, which we read, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So instead of offering animal sacrifices, instead of performing religious duties, we are called to offer our own bodies as living sacrifices. So what does it mean to you know, offer our, our sacrifice, our bodies? And it means giving our whole lives to God, living, not dead, right? Living. And why does Paul urge us to do this? Because it's our only rational response to God's mercy in giving all of us eternal life, spoken of in Romans 11, and as a response to what Christ did for us on the cross. We offer him our body, our mind, our soul, our spirit, everything, in good times, in bad times, in hard times, in everything. In Mark 12, verse 30, Jesus says, and you shall love the Lord your God, right, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. Yeah, I know Nora's memorized Thomas. We have that verse, right, in our, in our hearts. We know that. So if we go back to the examples of Abraham and Mary, um, in Genesis 22, we read how Abraham, when he reached the mountain to sacrifice Isaac on, he told his men that he was going up there to, right, to worship. Worship? What? How is that worship? Right, when he's offering his son up as a sacrifice. Um, it's interesting to note here that this is the first time that the word worship is used, is mentioned in the Bible. Um, there's no music, there's no songs, there's no instruments. Maybe they sang on the way, I'm not sure, we don't know. But we know there's sacrifice and we know there's obedience. So here we see Abraham worship God by being obedient and willing to hold nothing back giving everything that he had to God. He had only one son, and he was willing to give him up to God. Why? Because he trusted and he loved God, and he was compelled to worship. And in the story about Mary, her anointing Jesus' feet involved quite the scene, as you can imagine. In fact, like, we could even call it kind of scandalous, you know? Um, huge dinner party, and she just comes in there, and pours out a pile of perfume on Jesus' feet. Um, and it was, we are told that it was worth a whole year's wages. So if you think in our terms of what we make in a year, just giving that all away, right? Just dumping it out. Um, people thought it was a waste. Judas thought it was a waste. But Mary, she didn't hold back. She poured everything out at Jesus' feet. She worshipped Jesus, and it was extravagant, and it was, it was costly. So both Abraham and Mary, a man and a woman of faith, uh, worshipped Jesus by sacrificing everything. In fact, the most valuable thing to him, because they loved and they trusted him. So, you know, can you do that? Can I do that? What's costly for, for us? our time, our comfort, our reputation, 
Is Jesus worth it? And this brings me to kind of my final point, which is worship as sacrifice means that we gain everything in return. So we give everything to gain everything, right? Um, I think we have maybe a, ten a tendency to see sacrifice in maybe negative terms, like giving up and losing something, or, you know, for altruistic motives, like to help someone because it's a, maybe just a good thing to do, or to see sacrifice as being hard and will hurt or cost, so we kind of avoid it. And, you know, we might not get anything back for it here on earth, right? It might not be seen, our sacrifice here. But earlier I read, well, in James 4, verse 8, it says, if you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. I think this is probably one of my most favorite verses in the Bible, actually. Um, we will gain God himself. He will draw near to us. And in his presence is life and fullness of joy, right? This is why Paul says we are to be a living sacrifice. God wants living things in his kingdom, not dead sacrifices. So when we give our everything to Jesus in worship and draw close to him, guess what? He gives us full and abundant life back to us in John 10.10, 10, right? Um, and he gives us Jesus. We gain him. We gain peace and joy and love and patience amidst everything that's going on, right? Here's our reward and here's our joy. So as we offer our bodies in living sacrifices to God, the gift is, is that we gain everything. God didn't hold back for us. God gave his only son for us. His only son in John 3.16, Right? so that we could be reconciled to him, so we could draw close to him, right? We can approach the throne with boldness. So we can have eternal life and live joy-filled lives here on earth. Joy. So as we move throughout our days and our weeks, our months, our years, in our home and churches and our life, um, the question that I want to leave with all of us is... Um, is Jesus worth it to you? Is he worth it to me? Is he worth our sacrificial worship? And my hope, my hope is, is that he is. <laughs> my hope and prayer is that as we come together on Sunday morning as the body of Christ, that our corporate worship together here, our singing, our praying, reading the Bible, um, you know, sharing with one another, all of that, will be an overflow of our individual worship throughout our weeks. That we will hold nothing back in our worship to Jesus and willingly and gladly give our whole selves as living sacrifices each and every day. Worshiping Jesus, maybe on Monday as we're shopping for groceries. On Tuesday, maybe having a difficult conversation with a coworker. Um, on Wednesday as we have to clean up a huge sewer leak at 10 o'clock at night or something, right? On Thursday, as we go for a walk, maybe on Friday, as we hear some not-so-good news on Saturday, having coffee with a friend or brunch with our family or whatever. And then on Sunday, we come to church 
bubbling over with ways that we've seen God move and that, and that ways that we've encountered his presence in our worship throughout the week. Encouraging one another, right? Knowing that our reward is Jesus. Um, to close, um, music, as you can tell, has always been dear to me in a way that is special to me to worship God. Um, and I'd like to lead us together um, in that in worship to Jesus. And as we sing together, I'd like, I'd like to encourage us to draw close to the Lord. Invite him to speak to you personally. He knows you. He knows the things that are on your heart and your mind right now. He does. Um, share with him. He knows them, but he wants you to tell him those things. Um, and invite, share what's on your heart, the deep things, and, and give him everything. He is trustworthy, and he's so worthy of all of our worship. Um, and so um, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to sing um, a bit together right now. And so um, how am I? Um, just as yesterday as I was just um, singing a bit and just um, there is a little chorus that kind of um, just came into my head and so I want to sing it and oh goodness turn me off I, I swallowed water down the wrong tube <coughs> That's not good. Um, so, um, Shana's gonna <clears throat> put those words up there.
Jesus, I just thank you that we can come boldly before your throne, Jesus, and give our everything to you. I just pray that through uh, this week that you would remind us of to draw near to you, Lord Jesus, to not hold back and know that you know us and that you will speak to us intimately because you love us. And Jesus, you have, God, you've always wanted to be with your people. Lord, make us a dwelling place. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. I just pray a blessing upon us this week as we go forward. walk with you, worship you, and all that we have and all that we do, Lord Jesus. We love you.